What's up, Central Illinois? Derek Hayden here. Garrett and I love sharing all the awesome stories about our Central Illinois business leaders. We want to make sure our Central Illinois businesses are protected so we can continue to share all these great stories. That's why you should consider another great Central Illinois company, Pekin Insurance, for your business insurance needs. That's right. You can get all the commercial insurance coverages that your company needs from an excellent insurance company headquartered right here in Pekin, Illinois. Pekin Insurance offers comprehensive business coverage that lets you focus on what's important to you, employees, profits, and peace of mind. Ask your local Pekin Insurance agent about their commercial insurance products or learn more at PekinInsurance.com. You can also contact your favorite podcast host, Garrett, or myself, Derek, and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Welcome to the Central Illinois Business Leaders Podcast, where business owners, thought leaders, and community champions from across Central Illinois come to share their story. The Central Illinois Business Leaders Podcast. Anything less would be uncivilized. What's up, Central Illinois? I'm Derek Hayden. I'm here with Garrett Ulmer. We are your hosts for the Central Illinois Business Leaders Podcast, powered by Zambu. Zambu is a delicious grapefruit or a wildberry vodka-based spirit infused with a Brazilian buzz button. It's smooth, tasty, and leaves you with a signature tingle. Learn more at ZambuLiquors.com. Zambu, taste the tingle. And uh, today we've got a special guest, Central Illinois. And uh, Jason, before I introduce you, did you go to Illinois State? I did, but right now I'm going to zambuliquors.com. There you go. <laughs> I got to make sure I don't forget that. But uh, yeah, I went to ISU. I like it. So Zambu Liquors, the, the founder and inventor of Zambu, was an ISU grad as well. So a little yep. tidbit about our sponsor there, too. Hey, so. that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So Central Illinois, today's guest is a resident of Bloomington, Illinois, and we just heard he is a graduate of ISU. He's a father of three, a partner at Fairlawn Capital, an adjunct faculty member at Illinois State University. He's also an Illinois State Senator representing the 53rd Legislative District. Ladies and gents of Central Illinois, please welcome Jason Barrickman. How are you doing, Jason? Don't you have an applause line or yeah. something? Woo! We, no, have, we have talked about that off and on for, well, since we started this a year and a half, two years ago, that we need to get that you know, easy applause button. Because right. Of, well, it you know. used to be in politics that when a politician showed up, people cheered. Nowadays, you'd have to have a boo line. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, boo. Anyway, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, great. We're happy thanks to have you. Thanks for joining Jason. us. And I hope I pronounced your last name correctly. Does it sound, sound right? Yep. Good. Bear Ickman. Bear, Bear Ickman. I love it. Awesome. Well, Jason, before we kick it off, before we get too far into your story, I'm going to kick it over to Garrett, and he's going to take you through our speed round. Yep. Like we talked a little bit about before uh, we hit the record button was six questions, 60 seconds. I still don't think we've had anybody stick to 60 seconds, so no big deal either way. So all of our listeners can get a little bit of, you know, better insight of who Jason Barrickman is. So first concert that you've ever attended. Slaughter, Trickster, Firehouse. That is definitely a first. That is by far a first. <laughs> Favorite movie? Uh, Forrest Gump, but I feel like I'm cheating because I heard that with Andy Shirk's one, but it is certainly a favorite movie. All right. That's a good Favorite JFK, ice cream? JFK's 13 Days. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's a great movie. Yep. Favorite ice cream flavor? Mint chocolate chip. 
Although cookie dough is right there with it. Ah, you can't beat cookie dough. iPhone or Android? Android. Oh, man. Ooh, You're yep. against us here or there. But my so, family's cool. bipartisan. My wife's on an iPhone, but I'm on a Pixel. Wow. Okay. How does that work in a house like that? I mean, that's a house. We don't like divided. to talk to each other. Anyway. I like to, but she doesn't like to. She's like, oh, it's Jason. Like, husband's yeah. calling. Move on. <laughs> oh, your favorite social media platform? None of the above. Yeah. Uh, I, literally. I think we had that answer on our last show, didn't we, Derek? We did. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Last but not least, why Central Illinois? Grew up here. Uh, my family's been in the central Illinois uh, since the 1830s farming. And wow. uh, so this is home, you know. I, lo- nice. I uh, love so much about the Midwest and central Illinois. That's awesome. Great. Great. Awesome. Well, I, you might have hit the 60 seconds in the speed round. So that was pretty good, Jason. So <laughs> in politics, it, it's known that you get more votes based on the less time you take talking. Okay. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, was that I, I like that? Was that yeah. time that you said take talking or tick talking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not TikTok. <laughs> well played. Well played. You know, that is so a, a small business tip for our listeners. Garrett and I, when we have meetings, we try to stick to the 80-20 rule. So 20% us talking, 80% client or prospect talking, because y'all, I mean, if, if anybody out there has ever been pitched something it's a snooze fest as soon as like they, they go for a minute or more, it's just like people start falling asleep, but they love talking about themselves and their business and whatever, yeah. you know, it's their, their babies. So that's a good, the 80, 20 rule holds true for pretty much everything, including business meetings where you're, you know, learning about the other person. So small tip there. So gotta listen. Yeah, yep. exactly. So Jason, tell us a little bit about your story, about where you came from, where you're at now and how you got there. Okay, so let me break it down year by year. Over the last, <laughs> now, uh, so I mentioned I grew up on a, on a small family farm north of Bloomington, outside of the town of Streeter. Um, my uh, was actually born to a single mother when I was eight. Uh, Jim Barrickman, my the only dad I've ever had, adopted me when he married my my mom. My mom was an RN nurse, uh, went to community college. Dad's a farmer. My brother still farms our uh, our land. He's the my brother's the sixth generation Barrickman to farm some of the same dirt in wow. Northwest Livingston County. Corn and beans, no animals other than like stray cats and dogs and stuff. So, <laughs> um, my parents told me uh, I had to go to college and I had to pay for it. So I joined the Army National Guard. I was an infantry soldier. I used that to serve my country and to uh, pay for college. Went to ISU, graduated, worked, uh, spent about five years working before I went back to law school at the U of I, University of Illinois. And uh, when I graduated, I've been working in real estate and really got into politics after law school. Um, I think my my pitch, my elevator pitch is, you know, 9-11 occurred. I was, I was living in Colorado when 9-11 occurred. And I really reflected on my life. And I, I wanted three things that I didn't have at that moment. I was a single guy in my 20s who was working. I was making good money. I was traveling all the time. No family, no kids, no nothing. So I was like, I wanted to come back to Central Illinois. I wanted to be close to my family and my, our farm and our roots. I wanted to uh, work within the real estate industry. And I wanted to explore politics, although I had no idea what it was. And so that's what I did. And uh, amazingly, that's what I'm doing today. So I'm a, a very ho- happy soul. 
Awesome. Very cool. So, so you hear a lot of people that, um, you know, that get into politics who have kind of wanted to do it from a real young age, but it took you a little longer to figure out you had a passion for that. Was there any specific event that triggered your desire to, to learn more about politics or you just kind of researched it? Well, I, I found it interesting. Probably when I got into college, I started to find politics interesting. But it was it was nine, after 9-11, um, I really began to reflect on the fact that uh, government decisions are, are made by the people who show up, who vote, and ultimately who are elected. And um, I began to feel a sense of um, a, kind of a compelling thought that, you know what, I need to get more, I can't just go through the world reacting to all these decisions that people are making that impact me, I really want to play a part in that, an active part in that. And so um, that that was the inspiration. And um, anyway, it, it I think it really touched a nerve in me and led to, to where I'm at. You know, a lot of hard work, a lot of, there's a, there's a the old saying, all politics is local, which I totally agree. Um, but a lot of work and time has gone into to put me in a position now where in the Illinois Senate, there's 59 of us across the state, and uh, the things we vote on touch all of our lives, right? We we talk about uh, whether it's you know where who can carry a gun and where they can carry it, to how much money our schools get, to who gets to marry whom, like all these issues. I've had an opportunity to participate in the debate and the vote on, and uh, I'm a Republican, so I don't always win in Illinois. But it is, I think it's important that the voice and the perspectives be, be put forward. That's how democracy, democracy is supposed to work. Very good. So can you tell us a little bit, you, you mentioned some of your roles in, as a senator. What are some, like what's a daily, you know, what's a, what's a regular day look like for you in your role as a senator? Well, I get up and, you know, I kick the kids around a little bit. I get through the toughest part of the day, which is getting them off to school. And then I uh, drink coffee and water while I hang out with a couple dudes from Shelbyville and uh, there we go. You know, talk about what's going on. <laughs> every day, every day is different. And uh, it depends if we're in session, I might be down in the state capitol in Springfield and we might have committees and votes and people bend in your ear on this issue or that. When we're not in session, I'm a, a citizen legislator. I think some people in politics are full-time politicians. I'm not, you know, we'll talk about my real estate business here in a bit, but um, I focus uh, in heavily on making sure that politics to me is public service. So I have a career, I have a profession. There's no vote that I take that I think about, oh my gosh, is this going to result in me not getting elected again? If I'm not elected, so be it. I've got a good family and a good job that doesn't, uh, you know, I don't worry about those things. And so when we're not in session, I might be working on real estate deals and transactions. I may be working with a constituent who has an issue or going to an, uh, later today, I'm going to go to an event. They're opening a new YMCA in Bloomington Normal. And so I'm going to mm -hmm. go there. I help right. get some funding in place for that. And it's the grand opening. So I'll go and, you know, we'll cheer them on. Right. So cool. yeah. every day is different. It keeps it real. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. That's you may great. have mentioned earlier, and maybe I, I just my attention span wasn't there. How long have you been serving in politics? So I've been in the Senate since uh, it's the only office I ever ran for. And I was elected after the redistricting 10 years ago. 
Okay. So about 10 years. Great. Okay, cool. Awesome. So you have a little bit of experience then. I'm an old fogey. You can no. say it. Okay, good for you. I know where the bathrooms are down there in case you guys <laughs> ever make it. Nice. Mm. Well, I, I know that you are heavily involved in trying to bring economic opportunities to Central Illinois and Illinois in general. Um, for the business leaders that are listening to this show, um, is there anything that is currently being discussed or anything that they should keep their eye out for um, that maybe you're you're fighting for on behalf of the business owners? Sure. I, I mean, here's the way I look at it. It used to be that uh, as Americans, right, we competed with India and China and, and other countries, right, in, the, in their labor and their products. And that, that still exists. But what I've seen more recently is as Illinoisans, we're competing with other states, whether it be Texas or Georgia or elsewhere, right? And so what I'm focused on is we need to create an environment in Illinois that is competitive so the job creators and the entrepreneurs come here. Uh, like I told you guys earlier, I'm from central Illinois. I was born in Illinois. Uh, I got kids who are growing up in Illinois. I want to have grandkids who live in Illinois, right? I don't want to be like so many statistics of people who grew up here and then they left because why their kids left for a job, right? I want Illinois to become a, a destination. And I do think there's a lot that we can look at other states and how they operate and we can do things better here. Just a real quick, this is kind of your, maybe your language, but the, the every business employer has workers' compensation insurance and the premiums they pay. And I know that the premiums they pay don't ultimately get in your guy's pocket, right? They go to the, the underwriters who provide this insurance. The premiums that business employers pay in Illinois are 50 or more percent higher than they are in places like Indiana. That's because Indiana has a set of rules that are much different than Illinois. And so again, I, I think we can learn from a lot of states, do things better here and result in more people uh, coming here for jobs, employing our people and, and starting businesses in Illinois. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, that's great. That is something in Garrett and I's profession. We, we hear that often, you know, unfortunately, we, we sometimes will meet with business owners that are on the Indiana border yeah. area, and we've heard them say, hey, I think we're just going to have to move our headquarters because we just can't afford to, to operate, yeah. you know, work comp and this and that. So it's great to hear that, you know, we're, we've got some work moving forward. And I will say, and I don't know, Garrett, if you've seen it with your clients, but I've seen a reduction in, in work comp cost um, for most businesses recently not, and i'm sure that's has something to do with what what you guys are doing at the state level too so um yeah that's we, a we great made topic. a we made a change a couple of years ago that was uh it was a step forward it wasn't a leap forward but it was a step forward and um the result of that change the way it works we change the law and then there's a lag before ultimately an, a, an owner an employer is going to see the the benefit so we're probably, you're probably starting to see that. Sure. I, I bet you we did that work back in 2017 or 18. Wow. 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 So it Crazy. takes a few days then. It takes a few days, but we'll get there. a few days. <laughs> so awesome. a little shift here. So yeah. we, we've talked about your political career. I know we've mentioned real estate as far as that goes. So tell us a little bit about, you know, real estate as far as a career, kind of what you do and, and the story behind all that. Well, okay. So I grew up in a family that farms. So there's a real estate component, but we weren't developers, right? 
my dad always taught me that uh, you leave things better than you found them. That's kind of a, a thing we learned on the farm. And so I, I take that same principle in, in real estate. Uh, I'm a partner of a company called Fairlawn Capital, and we own, develop, and manage uh, primarily apartment units, multifamily housing throughout downstate Illinois and in Indianapolis. We're in uh, many communities, Indianapolis, Danville, Champaign, Bloomington, Decatur, uh, and Peoria. And all told, we probably have uh, just over 5,000 apartment units. We, we tend to either uh, buy something that might be uh, outdated and renovate it. We invest our own capital in it and kind of give these properties a lift, making them better places to live. Or we uh, build uh, properties from the ground up. But uh, I, I love working in real estate. It's something I can you know, see and touch. And you can visibly see the improvements that you're making, you know, the, the, the outcome of your, of your blood, sweat, and tears and pocketbook, I suppose. And um, it's been a really fun venture for us. We've been doing this for a uh, little over a decade. And, um, it, you know, the housing market right now is, you know, it's out of control. Yeah. And some of the, the perspective that we have is that because we're in that industry, we need to provide solutions to that. I think there's a, a massive housing shortage. People want uh, different options post-COVID. And so we're looking at how we help provide solutions to those, uh, those needs that exist in the housing community. Absolutely. So how did you find this opportunity? Um, I know you said, you know, growing up on a farm, you were involved in real estate, weren't necessarily a developer. How did this opportunity kind of appear to you and, and how did you take it and run with it? So when I went to law school, one of the three things I wanted to do is get into real estate. And so I, uh, I studied it, but I started to meet people in the Champaign area, including a, a guy who became a, a very good friend of mine, now a business partner, a guy named Chris Hartman. Chris grew up in a family that did housing on the University of Illinois campus. And so that was his experience. And when he broke off from his family business and really diversified doing uh, real estate deals outside of U of I student housing, uh, he and I partnered up. And so we started buying um, properties, primarily in the Champaign area, and um, uh, renovating them, making them better, making them nicer. And we just started, you know, what initially started as let's do one of these and try it. Uh, has ballooned to, uh, you know, last year we did the biggest deal of our life. Um, but ironically, we bought a portfolio of student apartments on the U of I campus, some almost 1,100 apartment units. Wow. So a huge deal that really uh, led or came from our experience and kind of ability to pull off a deal like that. So um, it's been an evolution. It's super exciting. I'm a guy who loves the deal and uh, gets a charge out of it. And um, we've had a lot of fun kind of watching the, you know, our, our company grow. That's that great. Awesome. So when you go in to purchase these properties, are you, and, and if, if you don't have to give away your secret sauce or anything, but is your goal to kind of flip these and then do you manage them or are you selling them to an investor or, or a little of both? We, we actually work with investors okay. on the front end. 
And our eye is not towards flipping them. We're uh, long-term holds. Okay. So we, we tend, and, and our investors like that, right? Like they want to generate good, steady returns on their invested capital, as do I, right? And so that's our mindset. We have a property management company within the, the Fairlawn umbrella today. We've probably got a, a 130 or more employees, top-notch people. We think we're the, the premier property management company in downstate Illinois. And uh, we've got great people who with, with them, it's a team approach. Uh, we go in, whether we're looking at a single building or a portfolio of buildings, we'll bring our team, we bring experience, we bring, bring people who roll up their sleeves and get things done. And uh, every, every property is unique. And so we're really, you know, if you think of it, we're really attacking a building from a what's the business plan for this specific building? How do we make it uh, become more occupied with a higher quality product that people are going to be willing to pay uh, higher rents for, right? I mean, that's, that's how you uh, generate wealth and, and um, long-term kind of cash flow in real estate. So, um, so that's the secret sauce. Okay, great. Well, real estate kind of had, you know, I don't know, it was 10, 12 years ago, million dollar listing came on and everybody like started yep. flocking to real estate. And I'm not going to say I'm not a big real estate investor. I, I love learning about it, but I felt, I felt like everybody was kind of the hot thing. Everybody gravitated towards it. But now all of a sudden it's kind of getting a little harder. Interest rates are changing. Property values going back up. Um, with that being said, what are some of the hurdles that you see on the real estate side that you commonly have to overcome? Well, I tell you right now in today's market, uh, so post COVID people want more space. They don't want the 400 square foot apartment. They might want a, a small house with a yard and a garage, right? Um, there is a demand. So as interest rates are climbing as they have, people are getting priced out of whether it's a starter home or their next home or what have you. The, the, the monthly payment on a $250,000 home is a lot higher today than it was six months ago or even three months ago, right? And so what that's doing is it, it's actually creating a market for uh, rental communities. And this is, uh, historically, these have been around, people have been renting homes forever. But the notion that developers are more purposefully developing building homes that become rentals it strikes some people as, as different, um, but it's something that we're, we're doing a lot of this. We've got a project going on in, in Indianapolis. Uh, it's, a, it's called Avon. It's like a little bedroom community outside of Indy. We're building uh, today 72 homes over there. And the intent is that all 72 homes will be uh, rented. We think mm -hmm. there's a market for it. We think, you know, whether it's a young professional, a young family, Maybe someone who's moving to a community who's not ready to marry a mortgage. Um, maybe it's a it's an empty nesters. It's a divorcee. There's a whole population of people who don't want a mortgage, but also don't want to live in an apartment complex. So this is this is creating a, a new thing that that we're focusing on. Uh, the other thing is that people I mentioned people want space. Uh, the apartment communities of the past. It just packed everyone really densely into a single building that, you know, without a yard, I think is, um, it's not going to go away, but I think people want more. People want rental communities that have amenities, pools and pickleball, pickleball, I learned pickleball, pickleball in high school, uh -huh. like 
right? Yeah, yeah. Along with yeah. square dancing, that shows yeah. you. <laughs> but they had. People, to, I, I grew up with the same thing. You yeah. did, yeah. Yep. Right? I'm like, what am I gonna, you know, square dancing? You can't pick up a, a you know, a date to go square dance. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, anyway, people want more. They they want more out of their housing budget. And so as, um, as developers and as, as real estate professionals, I think we're looking at how do we accommodate those interests uh, in a way that satisfies the need in the market. Cool. Very nice. Now, any I know a, a kind of a hot topic in the real estate market today is short-term rentals, you know, the Airbnb, vacation homes. Is, is that something that you guys look into as well or that you have ventured into in the past? That's not really a thing for, for us. Um, I, I certainly see it out there, right? It's in the community. I think the thing, first of all, it's great that people are learning like, hey, there's a market out here and that we might be able to do so. I think a lot of people, some succeeded, some have failed with these, sure. but and, and the communities where these things exist, they've always got an opinion. But uh, for us, we, we prioritize housing products that people will sign a one-year lease for. Nothing really shorter, nothing really more. Now, we might have a tenant who stays for three or four years, so our leases will renew, um, but we really haven't looked at the, the short-term stuff. Here's what I think is part of what's going on there. I think the Airbnb and you know, kind of those platforms are putting properties in the market that are unique. And people, when they're going on a business trip or they're vacationing somewhere, you know, you want to stay somewhere unique, right? And we've done it. I mean, we, I don't, I mean, we've, we've stayed at a hotel, I suppose, here or there, but our vacations, like we love national parks and stuff, we get VRBOs and mm -hmm. we look like you pick your budget, you find your place, you get really cool stuff, right? Um, so that's not our market, but I, I think people who are doing it are tapping into something that's real. Yeah. Yeah. As, as things continue and progress with your, with your real estate company, do you guys look to continue to expand? We do. We we've looked, first of all, I mentioned we have, a, we have investors and we're yeah. um, we continue to get uh, new investors who look at our track record and say, Hey, I want to allocate some of my dollars to real estate. And so we're always, I don't, you know, to you guys, as you, as you have listeners and, uh, guests who are interested in that, plug us in, right? Sure. Uh, our investors are predominantly from Illinois. And look, set aside the politics of it, our investors want to allocate their real estate dollars outside of Illinois. And so we that's why we went to Indianapolis. We've looked at St. Louis, Grand Rapids, Madison, and some other, Des Moines. We've looked at some of these other communities as ones that we certainly in the coming years will likely uh, be within. But along the way, like we're not giving up on Illinois. I, I live in Bloomington. There's a housing crisis around the country, but in Bloomington where the electric vehicle manufacturer Rivian is yep. located, mm -hmm. yep. they, they went from zero to, they're on pace to be at like 7,500 employees by the end of next year. I think yeah. there's 6,000 some today. You can't imagine the pressure that's created on housing in, in our Bloomington normal community and in central Illinois, right? Like, yeah, there's nothing available. So um, we're far from giving up on Illinois. We're we're looking at, you know, if you can set aside people's top line beliefs of like, oh, Illinois, like I want to get out of here. 
I'm not getting out of here. Let's look at what the microeconomic data is. Like in a community, uh, there's certainly opportunities uh, here. We we did it. We've done uh, three investments in Decatur, and um, they've been great, great investments for us. When we first did our de first Decatur deal, people looked at us like, "What do you want a Decatur for?" In the state, <laughs> it's a community. They've got some some big employers and small. Yep. And uh, they need their the people who live there need high quality housing too, and we've been able to provide that. And we're very proud of our our uh, footprint there and our operation there. Very nice. So if there is someone listening that wants to learn more about potentially being an investor with Farallon, what's the best way they can research you and and contact you? Yeah, we're you know uh, we're on the web Farallon-Capital.com, Farallon-Capital.com. They can email me, Jason at Fairlawn-Capital.com. And, um, you know, our, our, all our info is out there on the web. And uh, I'd be glad to connect with anyone, though, who wants to talk about real estate. Maybe they're growing their own business. I enjoy, there's so much real estate opportunities out there. It's not one of those things where you've got this real competitive environment. Uh, I love supporting people who want to get into real estate and grow their own business and uh, spend time, you know, throughout my week just just helping people. Hey, what do you, how would you guys look at this? And, you know, glad to talk to people about that. Awesome. So um, anything we're, we're getting close to our 30 minute mark, anything that you want to leave our listeners with tip wise, idea wise, or you can just say, you know, I'm good to go. But if you have any tips, feel free to share them now. Uh, boy, I think Everyone should come to Derek and Garrett and uh, make sure they, you know, <laughs> take care of all their business needs with you guys. And if they don't, they're obviously fools. Right. right? That's what we said all along. Oh, you know? Yeah, for sure. You know, awesome. I know. I, I think it's great what you guys are doing, though. And uh, it's cool that, you know, post COVID world, here we are. Uh, but I, th I think it's awesome what you're doing. And I'm uh, glad to help you and support you guys any way I can. Great. Well, well I appreciate you joining us and, and hearing your story as well. Yeah, cool. exactly. And listeners out there, make sure you're subscribing to the CIBL podcast on your favorite podcast platform. While you're there, give us a quick review. You can also find us on social media, on LinkedIn and Facebook. You can connect with Garrett and I personally there as well. Until next time, Jason, you've officially been civilized. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I'm far from civilized. Oh, anyway, thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Central Illinois Business Leaders Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash CIBL podcast. You can also follow us on LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. It's the civilized thing to do.